and what you said is right. You don't need shock jocks. That capture that. Did I talk? I tried to talk over it so you didn't capture it cleanly. <laughs> Damn it. This is Tall Can Audio. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on social media. It's, it's threads, and it's it's blue sky, and X, and I don't know. We're at Tall Can Audio, wherever you are. Uh, happy, to be welcome, happy to be welcoming back to the studio today, Lever Sage. What's up, man? I love the X. The X. On Twitter. Marks the spot. Love the X. People are complaining about taking off a little Tweety Bird. Honestly. <laughs> Folks, move the times. It's good to see your smiling face once again. Nice to be here. Last time I was here was... Uh, you made some news. Oh, it was deep. Yeah. It was fun. Okay. I say we do that again. We're going to lay you down on the, the therapist couch here and... I say we w- do that again. through some things. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Nice uh, I will to be back. T- I will take a little exception here, though, before I let you crack your beer, which you were smart enough to hold off on this time. You've never called me smart before, yeah. but... It's the first time. Good, yeah. Man. Maybe the last. We'll see. Oh, it will be. <laughs> I've heard your takes. It will be. <laughs> yeah. The the X over the Twitter. Yeah. See, I don't care in the sense that, like, I have this nostalgic tie okay. to Twitter, I do think there's something amusing about spending $44 billion on a company and then flushing all its name recognition down the, down the toilet. Like there was a tweet is in the dictionary. Like you, you made it, you made your language mm-hmm. as part of the zeitgeist and you just walk in and be like, ah, fuck that. No, I'm flushing it all. We're all going to zeet now. Well, what do you mean? Why did they flush it? Because, because they changed the logo. They didn't just change the logo. They changed the name. Like you don't tweet anymore. You post. You They've gotten rid of the word tweet. Right. There's no more retweet. It's repost. And I just, I don't understand getting rid of that brand recognition, right? You made it. You were the, whether people were on Twitter or not, they knew what tweets were. And now you're just like, no, we're just going to post like anywhere else, like everywhere else, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, it's just a post. We're not special. We're just another one of these. I don't know. It just seems odd to me, man. I don't disagree with that take, but if you took a step back and said everything about it's just stupid, the bird, the tweet, the retweet, all of the language. It was stupid and it made it anyway. It was really stupid. So, And yet it overcame from all that stupidity. Yeah. All right. News flash for you. Yeah. Here, Matthew. Yeah. Am I allowed to call you Matthew? I think you're going to do it either way. So. I am. Uh, <laughs> hey, Matthew. Yes. Elon. Hmm. we'll make something new out of this and people won't care in like one week Elon from yesterday. buy something new that someone else created in a week and that is what we won't care about. Let's have a beer. You just finished yourself a pickleball game. Did. I'm sure you're quite thirsty. Into the finals. Yes. Very happy about that. What and I'm happier hmm. to be opening a Halliburton Highlands Brewing Honey Brown Ale which I have not had yet. So you know who has had it? Yes, on yesterday's show. Who? Our mutual friend, AJ Jackiebeck. That's a stretch. (laughs) That's a huge stretch. Are you saying he's not my friend? (laughs) 
Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you should hear what he says about you. <laughs> I believe it. I believe yeah, it. Yeah, you should hear what he says. So he had the same? He had the same well, thing. Well, get me a different beer. <laughs> he was here uh, on our last episode. You can check that out at talkandaudio.com. I'm seriously going to go get another beer. <laughs> you do what you got to do. And uh, I might drink this one first. It yeah, just might that's break, fair. break down another one. I'm all right with that. And uh, and he, so he reached into the, uh, the TCA magical fridge and mm-hmm. that's what he grabbed and and what so I should a, do is reach into the second magical fridge. No, it's dead no. bolted close. <laughs> you gotta yeah. know the code. Race, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closer to the door. It's true. That's true. Um, yeah. But I'm happy because I have not had this yet. So, very good. Okay. Well-timed. Uh, I'm happy to be back here uh, in Ottawa after a couple of weeks not in Ottawa. Are you happy about it? Well, I was, I'm happy to have this beer back at my fingertips is where I was going to go with mm. that. I'm, I'm tolerant of the fact that I'm back here in Ottawa, at least for a little while before I, I try and slide away again, try and maybe sneak back, grab another week, maybe, uh, back down at the cottage. But for now I've got, uh, one of Nita beers, finest pints back in my hand. And this is one I've talked about on the show before this was this was brewed special just in time for my 40th birthday shindig, which Lee so casually blew off and, mm-hmm. and uh, decided not to attend. Uh, you know who did? Our mutual friend, AJ Jackie Peck, attended. So yeah, we, maybe we got to spin this a little different. Hey, hey Matthew, <laughs> was he on time? No. He was not. No. Did he even remember? No. <laughs> yeah. Did he show up at the end? <laughs> yeah. Could you get rid of him at the end? No. Okay. So- Pretty much yeah, the, all right, you've, you've, uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much nailed that. But right what, you have a coconut? This is a coconut blonde. And yeah. for quite a while, Nita has brewed a coconut brown ale. I always quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I walked in, uh, I was the first to arrive at my own birthday, which is probably about how that's supposed to go. Well, when it starts at four and you get there at two, yeah. you're usually the first <laughs> you one. You got to lay down a base <laughs> layer, right? Before everyone else arrives. So I showed up with one or two buddies beforehand and he comes out and he goes, I got something just in time for you. Got something ready for you. And it's just the, the little flight glasses and he's, you know, poured out and he goes, I, I know you, I know how you feel about the coconut. So I've, I've got this for you. And one or two of the guys who were there, not huge craft beer guys. And maybe this would turn off other craft beer guys too. I don't know. This still had pieces of coconut kind of floating in it as he was dealing, like it was that fresh. Right. And I'm uh, out. Uh, okay. See, like if you there's, were not the only one. If there's was, one piece of pulp in my orange juice, take it away. Okay. See, and that's what this reminded me of was yeah. the orange juice pulp or whatever. But, uh, yeah, we, we had it. He said, it's just finished. And, uh, by the time we left several hours later, he had uh, six of them canned for me to take with me. So, uh, took a few to the cottage, but left one behind knowing when I got back, I'd want it. And here it is. Okay. Yeah, the coconut. Very, very good. Planning ahead. I'm, I've been out trying some different things since we have last spoken. And, um, I got one for you that I'll, I will bring to your door. That oh, all I will say service. is you can't, you can't buy it in a store. Okay. And there's nothing floating in it. Nothing floating in it. Okay. And it's local Mm -hmm. and it's one of the top. Oh, this is Rito View, right? Five beers I've, I've ever had. Okay. I'm intrigued because Bunda was on here not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Said, uh, that CJ had dropped off something at the station for everybody to try. And it it had these, uh, I, I, you'd know the story. I'm sure better than I do. The Mm -hmm. Rito View lends some. Grow something on their property that goes into a couple different beers. Is they that right? grow the hops. 
on 17. So they have a beer called 17. Right. I've had that one. And it exploded all over me. They also have, I don't want to ask, but they also have one that, as you said, they, what do you do? Do you keep bees? Is that the right? I don't, but yes, some people do. Is that the right term? Keep bees. You keep bees? Yes. Well, they keep bees, Mm -hmm. make their own honey, and they have a honey brown that is, yeah. um, Yeah. do you remember the Perth honey? That I, I do, in, yes. Yeah. That had a little bit of like actual real honey flavor at the right. end. This one also has that. See, I like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm intrigued now. Oh, it's just amazing. This is one way that Lee makes sure he gets invited back here pretty soon is uh, dangling beer in front of me and it'll work every fucking every time. Every time. <laughs> no. Um, you were last in here. I don't even remember. Was it the beginning of this month? Was it the end of June? Oh, I guess we're in August now. I, I... Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like I need the back to school commercials to get off my television. <laughs> the most wonderful time of the year. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and speaking of fall, I was in actually today, I was in the Ashton mm. Brewing Company in in the back where everything's being made. Where the magic happens. And I hear someone yell like, when's the PRA coming? It'll be here tomorrow. We're starting Monday. And I'm like, I can guess what that is. <laughs> They're pumpkin. Oh. So they are starting the oh, process no. of making their pumpkin fall summers. At the o- same time, we're going to start seeing Halloween costumes. Summer's over. Yeah. Okay. Already. When you start watching the back to school commercials yeah. and you start getting the fall beers and fall yeah. themes like Halloween and everything else coming out. The, the pumpkin beer, and that'll be, you know, it usually comes out in September for a lot of companies. Yeah. But just the fact that you heard that they're starting the it's process arriving. already, crazy. Yeah. Okay. We had good times last time I was in here. Yep. Uh, Made for, some waves. For a couple of episodes. Yeah. And really appreciated all the nice things that people had to say, except you. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting because I didn't really know, honestly, how the episode came across. I listened to it. Yeah, I me too. I had a few people, um, close to me listen to it. A couple of them didn't know some things, mm-hmm. but it was like, ah, we just chatted. Like it was it was awesome. But then people kind of reached out, and there were some some others that reached out that I didn't expect that would have listened. To it that had some nice things to say, even about me. Mostly wow. about you, but even yeah. about me. Well, you'd expect that. It's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, again, I've listened to a lot of your guests, and it's very easy to see why you invite in the people that you do, because you're a lot better than them, right? <laughs> so, like the AJs, the Bundas, the Creeches, the Michaelas, all of these people that you keep having in. I invite it's like, the heels. I'm a strong face, right, at that point. All right, that's... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I got a ton of feedback too. I told you there out in the, out in the green room before we started that it did massive, you know, traffic for us well above average, lots of people wanting to know, uh, you know, your side of the story, what had happened, how things went down. All of a sudden you were just gone. Somebody that, that people were hearing every day and then weren't, and people needed their, their Versage fix, man. I was just as surprised as anybody. (laughs) 
See, that's the Matthew. <laughs> so, oh, I turned heel. Yeah, no, but very quickly, <laughs> you're a heel at heart. I know that. I know, for sure. But man. so am I. A regular so, Paul White. Heels, no heels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an, an interesting time. And then since then, yeah, it's just been, I don't know. It's been different. I've been adulting, mm, as I call it. Don't like that. No. <laughs> and the reason why is because naively this was the first job i ever had like first real job obviously lots of part-time yeah, jobs you doing whatever you got yeah. to do and yeah but this was like the first hey i want to do this for my career job yeah and so fortunate to have had it for as long as i did the last 6 weeks have been interesting is what i'd call it okay um, so to be able to, it's, it's not the dark side. It's, it's just nothing to do with me or the career or the business or that type of stuff. It's all the behind the scenes stuff that you end up dealing with that I, I don't know, never had a lawyer before. Suddenly might need one. Suddenly. <laughs> Do need one. Suddenly need some some guidance. Sure. Some, some help. Yep. And um, just realizing how the corporate business world really works. Yeah. Is. How little they give a shit about any of us. Uh, yeah. You, you said that, not <laughs> yeah, me. Sure did. <laughs> but some of the behind the scenes stuff ends up being frightening. And not even for me, for for others, for just some of the things that have happened. So it's really eye-opening to, to see what kind of business you don't know sometimes what's going on behind the scenes until you're not there anymore and you can have a better look behind the window. Right. Or the, I was going to say the wall, the door, the, you can't really see through. <laughs> Uh, until you, you step behind it. So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting, but I've grown, I've, I've learned a lot in the last six weeks about life and about what happens to people when stuff like this happens. I'm curious, you know, maybe sports radio specific. Yeah. Do you miss, especially this time of year, mm -hmm. the idea of like, Holy Christ, I got to find four hours of something to talk about in the first week of August. It, there's nothing happening right now. And having that outlet, and, and, and there's not nothing. I know you're a baseball guy. The Jays are up and running. The CFL is going, but it is a quiet time in the sports calendar. Or is there a part of you that, you know, paycheck aside, which is pretty important, is sort of like, you know what? I'm pretty glad I'm not digging through you know, the back end of tsn.ca looking for just anything to talk about to fill four hours five times this week. So I was on with AJ at the end or for the last couple of years, right? And yeah. then before that, it was Ian Mendez and doing shows with all kinds of people, weekend shows with Creech and just Bunda. Just carrying these guys. Before that, like, no wonder I've had two back surgeries, <laughs> honestly. Two legitimate back surgeries. Because I'm carrying those guys. No. <laughs> but, and each personality is so different. And 
what I miss about it, I don't really miss, um, like that stuff you talk about digging through the back end and stuff. I, I never felt, and I, I can like look you and tell you that I never felt that. Right. And I guess that's why I love the job because I never, ever now I wouldn't say with anyone in particular. And I, I mean that there are some people that you work with that, you know, can't do certain things mm-hmm. like they can they're probably better than me in like the first five things but if those five things aren't going on right it, it becomes a real right. struggle where i love six to twenty all of those topics yeah i love those things. well i'll be less afraid to throw some names around here because my regular co-host is one guy his name's rob and we come in here and there are certain things i know i know that week that's going to be a rob heavy show i'm gonna have to lean on him he's got that covered but there's weeks I come in here and I want to talk UFC and I know he didn't watch it. And I know he didn't watch last month or the month. And so now I'm going to, and so you sort of lean on each other a little bit. Yeah. And some weeks you enjoy more because of it. And some weeks you enjoy less because of it. Yeah, no, for sure. That's and that's give just and take, working right? with somebody every day, yeah. no matter who that is. Yeah. And when you get thrown, you know, people are on holidays and you get different People Someone thro- dropped in beside thrown you. at you and you realize, okay, what are their strengths? Yep. You're trying to play to, to, to their strengths and if there's not that much going on, but for me, I never felt that. So I actually loved the, the dark days, the, the summer <laughs> days, because I could do things that I could never do in the winter. Like I could, I could come in with a, with a list or I could come in with a couple of top five fictional of, baseball shortstops. Right. <laughs> Dickie Thon. Is it a real p- person? Someone who doesn't know baseball? Like, right. no way. No, he actually was. Uh, but you can do so much if somebody is kind of there with you. And I'm not, want, yeah. I'm not throwing anybody under no. the bus. I'm just saying when I was with Ian Mendez, we could do anything because even if, we were talking CFL. He would dig in enough to at least have the surface stuff yeah. and know that I could carry right. the rest of it. But we would do some really silly stuff. The silly stuff is what people remember. Okay? Always, always. I think I told you this. I made Steve Bundit eat a Carolina Reaper pepper on the air. <laughs> I did a bake-off on the air. Yeah. I did a an entire show with people singing their own songs that started with like Henry Burris and AJ came in and he was in the the studio at that time, but he wasn't part of the show. And he's like, no way I'm doing that. Like, don't even ask me stomped out. No way. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) He went into the newsroom, didn't want to hear anything. And like with 10 minutes to go in the show, literally barged in the door and sang stomping Tom Connors (laughs) because he didn't want to miss out. He didn't want to be the only guy that didn't sing. And so what are people going to remember more? That time you had everybody on singing or... Nobody that, cares that what I think about the third Tuesday, line. The penalty kill right. isn't working this particular week for the senators. No, that is the stuff that gets you through. Because, of course. Because when people tune in to anything, they tune into you, they tune into TSN 1200, there's that baseline of, okay, I'm going to hear about the Sens, I'm going to hear about yep. the Jays, I'm going to hear about the Raptors, I'm going to hear about... This the, is the news of the day. Yeah. We will discuss it. Right. Yeah. But, but for so many people, 
once they get that, once they get the five or ten minutes of, okay, I know what's going on with the Sens today. I want something else. Yep. And I love Entertain me, you dancing monkeys. (laughs) I was a guy that when I listened, I needed that. Yeah. I would turn it off. I'd turn any show off if they went on too long about the third line or the fifth or sixth defenseman. And I would always tell someone I was working with, if you catch me doing this, if you catch me talking about this for longer than five or 10 minutes, literally come over there and stop me. (laughs) Stop me from doing it. So those are the, when, when I look back on the great moments that were the most fun, like we had, and you know, bless his soul, James Abson. Um, James was a real good technical guy who didn't love sports. Hmm. Okay. And he yeah. worked at sports radio yep. for, I think he was there. I'm not sure how long it actually was, but he was there before I got there. So he was there in 99 or early 2000 before I got there. And he was there the whole time until he passed. Yeah. Um, or he passed just after, like not long after he was, he was let go. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he would tell you, I grew up a Habs fan. The Habs are on TV. I'll watch the Habs. He produced Sens games. He produced Red Blacks games. Probably couldn't have told you seven players on the team. It's just a job. But he loved what he did as far as the technical part. Mm -hmm. And he was just a guy that kept to himself a lot. Like he, you couldn't really talk about sports. And a lot of people wanted you to get in and talk about, you know, well, crazy game last night or whatever, but you knew James didn't see it. So he wasn't a part of those discussions. We did the singing show <laughs> and I sang Cult of Personality. Of course you did. Right? <laughs> and it was awful. <laughs> like, like it, it was beyond bad. <laughs> but... Other people did. Bunda sang a terrible song. I can't remember what it was. And but we're kind of having fun. And of the, course. the more it's going on, the more feedback we're getting. Yeah. Do this. And I'm like, should we stop this? Like it feels like we should stop because it's so out there. But I don't feel like we could stop. And James came and said, Well, I'm gonna sing, right? Nice. I'm like, I guess. <laughs> I literally all right. Dude comes in and sings Earth, Wind, and Fire and wants to dedicate it to his wife. And, wow. And blew <laughs> us away. Like, at the end of it, you know, like, we're all laughing at each other and we're all, like, in this, okay, you suck, but I suck worse yes, and everything. And 100%. I didn't even know what to say when James finished because it was pretty good. Like, and it was way better than anything that had happened Previous to that. But we've all been that guy, right? Where Not the guy who sings well, but the guy who's been to a karaoke bar for on someone's bachelor party or just some random. And everyone's going, oh, I suck. Oh, this is going to be terrible. And the one who's been the most self-deprecating gets up and just throws down this, right. like... So he does this. He de- yeah. dedicates it to his wife. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> we throw out a commercial. I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, you got all serious. It was amazing. I don't know if we can goof around anymore. Right. Nobody laughed at that. Fortunately, yeah. a couple other people came in and we got back to the silliness. But then, <laughs> but like Henry Burris sang, um, 
It wasn't Whitney Houston. It was somebody else that was, and he killed it. Like he was just at another level. Like he's done this before, kind of thing. <laughs> and it was like, oh man! But I got Henry Burris to sing on. Is he still an active player at the time? Or is he working for CTV at the time? He's working for CTV. Yeah, okay. at the time. Yeah. So he had retired. Yeah, still. But it wasn't that long after no, he no. retired. And at the end of it, there were so many people that had complained about it <laughs> on the text and the where I thought for sure JR is hauling me in. So <laughs> yeah. you're don't ever do that again. I don't know that there's a show that I've been stopped and talked to more about. Right. Because people remember it. Yeah. And not one time do we talk sports on that show. Never. If you think I went in planning that singing, (laughs) that every single person at TSN 1200 is going to come on and sing a song live and just sing, and this is going to be the show, right? Not a chance in the world. It just happened. But something happened in the first segment, and it took off, and we we built upon on the second segment, and it just carried through the whole time. And I think one of the things I miss about that part of it is that. When you're on every day, people that listen every day, you're a part of their day too. And sometimes they're pissed off at you because they don't like what you're saying. They're having a bad day. They don't like your take. Yeah. Whatever it is. Some days they're with you no matter what you say. You can say the dumbest crap in the world and they're (laughs) like, yeah, that's a hell of a point. (laughs) Actually, no, no, it isn't. I'm but, having a terrible day. Yeah, but but thank, <laughs> you're going with but it. But thank so. you because you're having a good day, <laughs> right? But more importantly, those people because they listen every day, they they're the ones that sort of understand and carry you through those singing show days. Sure, because they know after the people stop complaining. <laughs> Which is usually the people that listen the most. 100%, man. After they stop complaining, they realize that they're, if they just get into it, they're part of this group. And the group has gone sideways today, yes. but they're part of the group that's going sideways. Yeah. And there's something really just, I want to call it magical, but there's something that really bonds people together when you're not going in a straight line, yeah. you're going east, west, and not north, south, <laughs> and people are going with you. Yeah. And I miss that. I really do. And that, if you can believe this, happened a lot more in the summer. Of course. Than, than yeah. it did when the Sens start 4 and 12 and people are mad. <laughs> yeah. No, it's less fun around it's the It's not station. as fun. No. It's not as fun. Uh, one of the other pieces of feedback that I got quite a bit after those last two episodes that you were in. I'm going to just go ahead and put you on the spot here, man. I'm hoping you do that a lot today. Is people uh, asking if you're going to be around here more, if mm-hmm. this is a place that they can get their uh, their Lever Sage fix now and then, if you're going to be uh, a little more regular around the Talk and Audio podcast. So the answer is yes, and it's like a hard yes. Sweet. So <laughs> which one's my room? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> But no, the answer is yes. You've been really good to me. I, you know, we, we started this and I think we kind of bonded right away, but I think now we're, we're friends. And I also think we have a good rapport. When I listen to us back and forth, I think we have a decent rapport and there's nothing, when I talked about all the stuff I'm learning 
that basically means life's on hold until a whole bunch of legal things get right. settled. Right. I don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. And until then, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I, honestly, tomorrow I'm like today I had a meeting with or a lunch with a guy that I've known for a long time, you know, Jim Perkins, who's the head <laughs> yeah. of the Capital City Condors. Yeah. Um, does some really, really special things in the community. Like, but he thinks big picture. He came to meet me for lunch today because he just cared about how I was doing. Right. Not because anything else. That's who Jim is. And Jim's probably got 19 million people wanting and needing something from him. And when he's there, he doesn't care about anything else. Yep. And I love that about people. And I, I'm trying to sort of connect with some of those people. And so the answer is yes. And one of the things that we're going to do mm. is we're going to try and understand over the next little bit, because you and I are going to talk this out. We come from you know, two different places, but the same genre yep. about where the whole business is going. Yeah. Because that, that is a sit down that needs to. No. And it's a long conversation yeah. over multiple episodes because it's got a lot of tentacles to it. hundred percent. Um, when you think about, and this is just my opinion, but if I lay this out and say, here's the next few months of discussion. I think in, I can't remember if we talked about it before every, every day Saturday now. So it's awesome. <laughs> uh, and dude, you're at the lake for like 20 days every day, Saturday for you too. It was pretty sweet. So yeah. yeah so so I, I ain't preaching to the choir here. Yeah. hundred percent. So I think in five years or let's even say 2030. When you say 2030s, it seems like a long time it away. It seems like I probably have been dead for a long time, but no, it's like six years from now. Right. Seven years from now. By th- I know math. By then, that's why we get, wait, Bunda, that's his whole job. Why <laughs> Steve Bunda is still allowed on sports radio. He's the math guy. <laughs> Not because he's good at it. Oh. <laughs> because he actually is one of those guys that like will count in his head but count out loud, not understanding it's not in his head. Like it takes him forever. <laughs> Again, you're a friends guy. Yeah. Yes. Jo- he's Joey. Okay. With math. God. Chandler yelling, get there faster. Yeah, like <laughs> you owe me 500 plus my 500. That's, um, um, <laughs> so that's Bunda. Okay. That's what he does. Yeah. So that's why he's still allowed on all the, all the programs because he's the math guy. Sure. 2030, every professional sports team in North America is going to run their own product. Oh, I think so. Like, you love the idea as a sports franchise of not just having total control over it, but like having editorial control over it. I don't need some asshole sitting down in the byword market critiquing what I do. I'll employ that guy and he'll tell me that everything I'm doing is awesome. Yeah, I'm not into that, but... uh, Actually, I hate that, but... I didn't say it was going to be good for the product. I no, just, it's going to be yeah. terrible for the product, but it's what's going to happen because teams are going to understand that if they start producing all of their own content, then their deals with television, with radio, 
if they want to still have those deals, are going to be on their terms. Yep. They're not going to be- In-house produced. Yeah. They're not going to be on anybody else's terms. And if, hey, you want games on TSN or Sportsnet or anywhere else, they're with the guys that we employ and yep. the, the people that work for us and that's it. If you want the games, great. If you don't want the games- if you think it's rough now watching the Blue Jays on a Rogers controlled entity and they do their best, like there's some guys with some integrity over there, Yep. but you won't, you know who your boss is. And even if they don't outwardly come and tell you, don't comment on that, you right. know. So they're not Jack Edwards. They're not Jack Edwards in, no. in hockey. They're not the White Sox in baseball. <laughs> Yikes. They're like, yeah, but some of the most biased yep. calls and it's great for fans to get mad at them, but. They're employed by the team. the team and that's what happens. And that's what's going to happen more. So if we let that sink in and go, okay, well, that's what teams are going to do. What's media going to do? Who's got the counterpoint? What's media going to do? Yep. And what is the actual answer to that question? I'm not sure that, like, do we think online or not, newspapers are going to exist 2030? <sighs> Sports? Okay. Sports in newspapers? No. No way. No. I don't think so. That's just an opinion. Yeah. But I, I don't. So. Well, you've already seen it, right? The New York Times bought The Athletic, immediately slashed their own sports department. So yeah, we'll just, whatever you guys got, we'll run that. And that's the biggest newspaper in North America. It right. Just decided, yeah, we're not doing sports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think you're seeing that a lot of big corporations are getting themselves out of the the, the radio business mm-hmm. out of, well, some television, they're, they're getting out of business. So what is the answer to, is it individual podcasts? Is it a group of podcasts? Is it people taking their own medium and yeah. taking 20 people and employing them as the voices of the city? And doing it in all kinds of forms, in in print, in right highlights, and ra- sort of radio, and smaller li- amalgamation, like yeah. live shows, podcasts, yep. that sort of thing. Like the entire landscape is about to shift monumentally, mm-hmm. and you've already seen it in some markets, right? Yeah, in Winnipeg, their most popular daytime show on. Uh, on their sports radio station has started up its mm-hmm. own little deal. The same things happen out in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. If you can find a couple of good sponsors, there is an audience that wants it local, that wants their guys that they like, that are talking local and that aren't under the thumb of the entity that also runs the team. Correct. But I think what happens, like at least in my opinion, is that while I know exactly who you're talking about mm-hmm. and I think those people are great. Yeah. I really do. I don't know that anyone can do it on their own. It's really. I just don't know that any entity, yeah. even if you're on for four hours every day in a podcast form, in a, I just don't know that that's enough. Hmm. And I think when you try and do it by yourself, I think you're in trouble long-term. Yep. So is the answer, well, if the teams are going to, all come together and do it themselves. Why doesn't the media? The indie. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's something there for sure. So I I think some of these conversations that you're proposing 
are absolutely going to happen and some of them are going to happen off air with, uh, I think there's going to be, are you a, uh, did you watch the office? Was that your, no. Oh, okay. Am, am I the only person in the world that doesn't find Steve Carroll funny? Uh, yeah, I think so. Am I? Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure. Anyway, for anyone listening. Cool. Pam and Jim. Yeah. They like each other. End of story. Cool. All right. You're right. There is there is some storytelling problems when you get the the romantic leads together in season three and then have a nine season show. You've taken some of the tension out of it. Uh, point being, for the good listener who does know The Office, I'm thinking of the five families. Right, you got to get these people together. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit down. We're going to have some conversations. I think that's coming here in the next right several weeks. We're going to have to get that done. Some of that's going to have to happen off the air. <laughs> well, of course it is, but there will like, still be pints. There'll just be no mics. Yeah, but people that are listening right now, all I'm saying is that the landscape is going to change dramatically. 100%. And how exactly it's going to change, I don't know the answer. I have guesses, but I'm not sure. Yep. I, I don't know that anybody is, but I do know that with teams in the next little while controlling all of their own product, mm-hmm. there's either going to be no independent journalist media or they're going to have to do something to all get together to and strengthen numbers. And let me ask you, hmm. on, on radio platforms yeah. in general, it doesn't matter if it's here in Ottawa or anywhere in this country, do you think you need a transmitter and, no. and radio now to... To succeed? I've had a few different people. No, I don't. Okay. To answer your question. Um, As a guy that runs a successful podcast, good answer. <laughs> it's a fairly self-serving answer, but that's fair. I expect you to be truthful, though. Yeah. I don't think it's anywhere near as necessary as it used to be. And I that comes from someone who grew up on sports radio like 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. right? Like when I would get up in the morning, the fan morning show in Toronto would be on I would listen to Mike Hogan and Don Landry throughout the mid-morning. Mm-hmm. It'd be Gord Stellick 1 to 4 in the afternoon, then Bob McCowan 4 to 7. And then, you know, if there was something good in the evening. Storm maybe, and yeah, Norman. Storm and Norman Rumack was on there. The late night vamp. Spider Jones. Spider Jones was yeah. on there. I listened to all of it. And it was the same way when I got here to Ottawa. Now, Ottawa was tougher for me. I would usually reach a point in the day where as a nonsense fan, I would just be like, that's enough. Like I've had enough sends for the day, but as long as I still liked the guys, mm-hmm. I would still mostly listen because it was just part of my routine. So that is the part that you lose when you turn off the radio transmitter. Someone has to find you now, but once they've found you, what I've discovered is they'll usually stick with you, right? right? Like, And so it's a tougher initial sell, but once they've clicked follow, it's a pretty loyal, like they'll stay. And so... That's one of the things that is going to be the challenge is just how you initially, no one is just flipping through their radio, finding you anymore, um, at least in the podcast world. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's, that's the one hook that's going to be a little tougher and you're going to have to work it hard on social media and, and things like that. You're going to have to cut, you're going to have to be a bit of a pigeon swarming around a guy who's just gotten fired and asking him to come in and tell his story on your podcast. And it's going to make you feel oh. like a little bit of a low life, oh. but it's going to gain you some listeners. And so, <laughs> wow. I thought we were friends. I thought. It's just numbers, baby. <laughs> oh, I turned heel again. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> you know what? 
I don't. I would do the same thing because I think when you respect people enough, you're doing it for both reasons, and it's okay to do it for both reasons. It's okay to actually it, do it because you want to know how the person is doing. And if we're being real and, with the audience, I said to you before you left that night, hey, I'm going to clickbait the shit out of these titles, right? Like I'm going to. Yeah. That's fine. You and I had already done a couple shows together before that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're doing, that's just the business of being on the internet is how do you get people to click? How do you get people one to of the One of the more disappointing things. I don't see. I, I, I never know how much I am allowed to say or not. But one of the things I couldn't stand from the way it was done where I worked previously. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily have a hand in this. So every interview that was done, you put it up on the, the podcast on, feed. On the podcast and it's up on the the web. It's up on you know, the website, it's up on the Twitter feed, it's up on everywhere. Yep. And with every interview comes a tagline of what the interview mm-hmm. is going to be about. I, I've ne- I've just never met more sensitive people in the world when it comes to the person who's being interviewed, um, teams, radio stations, everyone. And so what would happen is it was usually the producer's job to be able to put the tagline on it. Right. Because they're the ones that had to get it up. Yeah, get it posted. Get it posted and everything else. And every time they even did something that would actually benefit the radio station to bring in a listener. Yeah. To be, oh, that's interesting. They'd get in trouble from somebody. Whether it would be internally, whether it would be from the host not thinking it's very good, whether it's teams calling, whether it's like, and if there's one person that's unhappy with it, Oh, you got it's down. Yeah, take it down, and and so what would end up happening is the default to the most generic. Gord Wilson on sends power play. Yeah, Gord talks about the power play yeah. and the team's recent week or whatever, yeah. and it's like I'm not clicking on that. I've, yeah, but I I love Gordy, and I no, I know I I'm saying to Gordy. Yeah, but give me a hook to listen to Gordy. Like sure, Gord Wilson comments on sends power play and that time in Dean Brown whatever in you know like we had this discussion a bunch of times in the early days of the podcast for the first several hundred episodes i worked hard on a title sometimes it would be easy just a ridiculous phrase someone said on Mm -hmm. the show that it didn't do shit for listens because you don't get the reference until you listen to the show right so then you go through a phase where it's more like how many keywords can I cram into this title? Toronto Blue Jays, Bo Bichette on MLB IL. Toronto Maple Leafs sign. But like names, right? Like phrases, get it all jammed in there. And then you sort of get to a point where you, you just sort of have to find a happy medium of like, can I make it funny, but also include a searchable term that someone might be. But as soon as you're like, oh, I don't want to rock the boat. Well, then there's no reason to listen. It's just generic. And I know you, you, as well as you do. So not, no, not as well as you do. But there, there are people over there who are pretty clever, who say some funny things, who make some insightful points. Put it in the title. I've never yeah. seen things um, as worried about at that particular station <laughs> as the titles to the interviews. To the podcast. Yeah, okay. In the podcast. Yeah. And like, 
they would interview a, a junior player and the junior player would go, ah, I don't know. Like my coach might see it, like maybe make it some, and it's like, and it would get changed. Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. But when you want to make, but this is the world now. Like, when you want to make everyone When you go happy, on YouTube. Nobody wants to actually be, guests don't want to be known for that they actually said something. No. They want. To be on, to they promote, want to be heard. to promote yes. themselves because the, it's good for their brand. Yes, but they don't want to do anything to rock the boat. And if you do something that's actually promoting them, yeah. that they feel is rocking the boat, yeah, it's over. But like, and it just doesn't happen. But you go on, and you and I may be uniquely qualified to speak on this, man. I'm sure your YouTube algorithm has a wrestling video or two every now and then that pops up in it, and it's never. CM Punk returns to AEW. It's the real reason that they don't want you to know why CM Punk was... Like, you have to... And that's way over the top. It's clickbaity bullshit, but that's the stuff that... Oh, man, I'm going to get a little behind the scenes. So you have to play that game a little bit, but it can't... uh, uh, The example I just use, obviously, is crazy over the top. But you have to... Gord Wilson explains why the Sens power play is struggling. All right, I might click on that as opposed to just Gord Wilson on the sense power play. And it doesn't change anything that Gord Wilson said in that interview, but it tells me I might get something out of this. Gord Wilson on three reasons why the sense power play stinks right now. Right. I'll click on that. Yeah. And you know what? It's not if it it's if not, he's saying it yeah. and they're 2 for 21, yeah. I don't care what the team <laughs> thinks about right the title of a podcast make your power play better it's don't and it's done it was already on the radio yeah but it's exactly just now i'm uploading it and giving it a title it's already been said it's out there let it go and what's wrong with someone coming on and going the sense power play sucks right now and here's why yeah. And now we talk about it for 20 minutes, but as soon as you put it in title, no, that's, no, got, that's no. got to... Now it's in writing, it's black and white, that's it's gotta uncomfortable. Come down. Yeah, no. But it's, when it's the opposite, and this is just the way the world's going, when it's the opposite, one reason why you... Gord Wilson, one reason why you didn't know the sense power play is 17 for the last 21. Right. That's, that's a YouTube title now. That's a podcast title. That's the way they work. I would click on that sure. all the time. Power play has been the most successful power play, but he's going to tell me a reason why I don't know why it's successful. Yeah. Okay. Good. Let me know, Gordo. I want to hear it. But nope. Wh- pop. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. So <laughs> it's that kind of stuff that has kind of pared everything down to you just can't say all that much anymore. And I'm glad because. When the teams control their own entities, then... There's only one road left for the media. The media is going to be able to control all of their own entities. Yep. And what you said is right. You don't need Let's shock jocks. that, capture that. Did I, ta- I tried to talk over it so you didn't capture it cleanly. <laughs> Damn it. I always went... I was so bad at the radio station, and everyone listening right now would know, that I was so, so bad that when somebody was doing something that was really funny, I would either laugh Just over it a little bit or yeah. I would do something. I, I'm the same. Because you, you don't know that it was magic until it's already behind yeah. you. Right? But yeah. in the last like two years of me being there, 
I, it took 21. <laughs> but the last two, I became really good at, okay, something's happening here. Yeah. Do not talk. Turn your mic off. Yeah, yeah. Do anything you can do to make sure that that is saved. <laughs> but I, there's a, what you said is right about you don't have to be a shock jock and you don't have to be the suck up guy or girl all the time either. What you have to do and what I pride myself on, hopefully, that people, if they, you know, think of Lieber Sage on TSN Team Twelve Hundred, was that as much as I could, I told the truth, and that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't try and like some people just try and make lemonade out of lemons that suck. Yeah, like. And they chicken try salad out of chicken shit. Right. Oh, we got to change it up and we got to make it sound a little bit better. And I can tell you, I never really did that like consciously. I might have done it at some point subconsciously because it was ingrained into you that some, there's just some things you can't do. Yeah. But for the most part, I felt like I told the truth. And um, to that point, hmm. The, uh, and, it, and it was good. Like last week I got a phone call from the general manager of the Ottawa Senators. Okay. And he was like, sorry, it's taken me so long to reach out. It's been a hot pier summer. Um, yep. And I, and he said, you know, I'm sorry about what happened. Um, uh, and even though. I think he took some sort of shot where he said, even though most, of, stunk most of the time you were carving me, <laughs> I appreciated the fact that you told the truth and I respect you for that, even though it was really harsh sometimes or something like that. And I said, look, I, I can tell you, I never went on to carve you. I never went on to praise you. I went on to tell the truth about what, what I believe is happening around believe this was, franchise. Yeah. yeah. And I might've been wrong sometimes. Yeah. But I tried, I did my due diligence. I talked to a lot of people. I tried to get as much information as I possibly could before I spoke. And then I went on and said what I think's going on. And he's like, okay, like I, I understand your, your role in it. And I, I appreciated kind of where you were coming from. Right. And so that was a nice phone call. To sure. Get. I don't know if I believe him, but I don't know if I believe me sometimes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I, I want to ask you just my beer's empty. So we're going to take a break here in a second because we yeah. haven't gotten any sports yet. But I want to ask you one of the questions you that need I to got, put me on the spot more though. Yeah. No, we're going to do that right now. Cause we talked about it the last time you were in here was how many messages you were getting mm -hmm. and how many messages after the fact I would get that said, didn't always agree with Lee, but, but always enjoyed his takes, always enjoyed having him around. Yeah. You know, I, I thought he was good at what he did, such and such and such. I'm curious, especially knowing you're the wrestling guy that you are, mm -hmm. how often those takes that people were going, oh, Lee, were your actual beliefs and how often, cause I, we haven't known each other that long, but I sort of feel like I got this feeling. How often did you just decide it's better radio if someone fucking disagrees right now? 
right? I'm just going to take the other side. Or are you just that often that disagreeable? Because I'm curious. Okay. And I got that question a bunch of times. Yep. And it's a very fair question. Yeah. Uh, people are probably going to be fairly disappointed with the answer. The answer is probably 90 to 95% of the time. I, I just truly believe what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was a, like, it wasn't very much, hmm. but I would tell you this, I wouldn't say it. And I had this conversation. I was at a wedding on Saturday and it was at Camelot. Ooh. And it was a gorgeous wedding. Congratulations to Tiana and JM who were, are a fantastic couple. Big shout um, out from the TCA podcast. Yep. Trying to get to Camelot from Ashton with the highway closed on a Saturday afternoon. Not good times. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> uh, lot, left lots of time to get there and still almost didn't get there. Uh, but one of the guys that came up to me was named Kyle. And uh, he was like, look, I've waited most of the night to come up and, and meet you. I know it's about their wedding and stuff, but I just, I'm, you know, huge fan. So disappointed you're gone. Right. Said some really nice things. Yeah. But then we kind of had the same conversation that you're telling me right now because he would say, like, sometimes I'd want to come through the radio at you. <laughs> and then what he said really he liked and disturbed him was that some of the time he thought it made a lot of sense. Yeah. And he couldn't when, – when I made a lot of sense and then I said something the next day – that he wants to come through the radio, he couldn't quite understand oh, how... Oh, no, it, was I an idiot yesterday? <laughs> right. Like, he couldn't quite... Go, Square come, them. ...come to grips with yeah. the fact of, was he the idiot yesterday? Was I the idiot yesterday? <laughs> like, is he just having a good day today so he's going to agree with ev everything? Right. I can tell you that my whole philosophy w was and still is to this day. I'm going to go and I'm going to tell you I'm going to dig around. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to come up with my own opinion. And I'm going to tell you what that opinion is. But I'm also going to understand that if, I don't know, make up somebody here as a third person, Johnny's sitting here listening. Yeah. And I'll just call him Ivory Tower just for the sake of it. Sure. Um, no reference to the Ivory <laughs> Tower named Johnny somewhere else. But Johnny's sitting here. Okay, so he should, Johnny should be able to listen to you mm -hmm. and go, you know what, Matt, that's, that's a good point. Love that. And love, then. Love the ivory tower. And then the ivory tower suddenly listens to me and he's like, ah, you know what? I didn't think of it. Mm. I didn't think of that. Now at the end of it, Johnny, ivory tower. Yeah. I see, or <laughs> IT. That's not how you initialize that, but all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every day is Saturday. <laughs> I was actually thinking of the joke of the easiest word to spell in the English language. Icy. 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 Okay. It's that easy. Uh, yeah. Um, did we seriously just digress for that? That wasn't a <laughs> digression at all. <laughs> that was fantastic. Okay. So. Ivory Tower is disappointed. <laughs> Ivory Tower? No, but Ivory Tower said, oh, you know what? I never thought of that. I never thought the way. That, and so now he's like, well, Matt said that, and I agreed. Lee said that, 
and I, I don't agree, but he kind of makes a, a decent point that I yeah. never thought of before. And now Johnny's sitting there having made up his own mind and his own mind might be in between. Sure. It might be He's that. Presented ma- two competing arguments. Right. He can mull that over for himself. And if, if he was engaged enough and Kyle, who came up to me, was a longtime listener and like an everyday listener and Kyle was engaged. Right. And I told him. I said the fact that Unlike you, the bride and groom the who fact, were no longer no, engaged, they were now married. Yeah. Thank you. See how long I lost. <laughs> wow. Taking I'm, back the show. I'm just the- kidding. <laughs> I love them. I get if, to have my little digressions too, if, I think here. <laughs> I see why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Ugh. See, it then works if you keep working it in. I don't even have my second beer yet. And you'll get there. The point is is that if johnny got to make up his own mind mm-hmm. because he listened to you and he listened to me and then he actually came up with maybe a third thought in his head that was sort of in between don't do that what, Johnny. what you and i know it's okay because <laughs> then he's made up his own opinion and now he's engaged and that's all i cared about and i never cared whether johnny agreed with me right or hated my guts as long as he sat there and made up his own mind because he listened to you, an educated opinion. You listened to me, a somewhat educated opinion. He got the math from Bunda and then <laughs> decided that he's come up with his own. Yep. That's what I care about. So if you're making a hell of a point and we're sitting here, I also might make a hell of a point, mm-hmm. but I might come up with something that's either you haven't thought of or you thought of it and it's garbage. But if I'm at least doing that and getting two or three different points of view out so that the listener can make up their own mind because they're engaged, right. that is what I cared about. So well, from I time w- to time, you might step a little aside from your own true belief to make sure this perspective got it. But that was by far the more rare Correct. of what was happening. Correct. Yeah. So that would be the 5% of the time. Yeah. But I ultimately was always thinking about have I done my research? I'm going to be strong with my opinion and I'm also caring that that listener gets more than just my opinion. Right. And that was the beauty of having different people. And when you have like the AJs, like he was really, he's always been strong with his opinions. 100%, yeah. Ian Mendez would always come up with a thoughtful opinion mm-hmm. that he was he wouldn't push and push and push on you because- if you had somebody else that was really strong with their beliefs, he only had, it was like, and you'll appreciate this so much, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes. He never yelled. True. He Got to ne- lean in. Got to hear no, no, him he, say it. He never yelled. Yeah, yeah. And he just spoke really calmly. And this is how it is. And I'm telling you that this is how it is. And he let everyone else kind of scream. But when he spoke, you wanted to listen to that guy. It was important. I know you used to listen to this guy and I, I'm sure we both wish him all the best right now. Bob McCown recovering from a stroke. Oh, it's, uh, it's brutal. Devastating. Uh, what he's been through. But he used to say all the time, because he was well known for leaving large gaps of silence if he was doing the show by himself. Have you ever listened to me? My dramatic pauses that yeah. I don't even know that I'm doing. People are like, you don't talk like that in real life. Go ask my family. Go ask. <laughs> and his his thought was always, sometimes when people are listening to you and just driving around or whatever, they sort of tune out. They're sort of in their own world to do it. And then they notice it's gone quiet and it forces them kind of check back in. Right. I, I, I kind of lean in. I wonder whatever's coming next is going to have some impact. Right. And right. 
I didn't do mine on purpose. It's just the way I was brought up. Same man. Dramatic pauses. Up listening to it. And, yeah. But um, I, I want to ask you. I, I've thrown a couple shows out here. You've you've been a no on all of them. Did you watch the newsroom when that was on HBO? No. Okay. Fuck. So it's an, a news team, right, running a fictional CNN, basically, and the anchor. They kind of rebranded. So we're done playing this shitty game of, you know, half ass and this and that and both sides this and that. We're just going to call the news fair and square. And the line that he used in this fictional show that I've always enjoyed and tried to keep in the back of my head was, I will make no opinion to... Su- botched, like, word three of it. How do you botch the big line? I know, because I'm not good at this. Uh, I will make no effort to suppress my own opinion. I will make every effort to expose you to educated opinions that differ from my own. You're like, fuck, that's a great way to approach your show. It's man. a brilliant, right. it's, it's a brilliant line. Yeah. And I, I really agree with it. Yeah. Uh, a lot. And so it's like anything in radio. And I was having this discussion as well today, no matter what, because somebody said to me, we were talking and I was telling them I was coming here and, and they said, well, I really enjoyed Last time, I had no idea you were into craft beer that much. Right. And I'm like, well, it's kind of like why I'm into wrestling. <laughs> and they're like, what? Well, those two don't have anything to do with right. each other. But, and maybe they don't, other than in my mind. But in my mind, I'm just really fascinated by, okay, craft breweries show up on every other corner in the last five years. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the new thing. How are you going to differentiate yourself? Are you going to do it through your beer? Are you going to do it through your marketing? What are you going to do to be different? Right. From your backstory, your art. What do you got? What do you hit me with something? Yeah. Yeah. I love wrestling. And part of the reason that I love wrestling is because you have just take AEW, probably have what, 100, 150 wrestlers that work on. Dynamite and Collision and Dark and Elevation and behind the scenes and agents and all these people. Every single one of them comes out and are they're their own business. They have to get themselves over. They have to make people interested. How are they going to do it? Some do it in a fascinating way. Some do it with the microphone. Some do it in the ring. Some do it because they think they have this it factor. Some people have it. Some people don't. Yeah. But every time somebody walks through that curtain, they're in the business of making people trying to care about them. I'm going to sell you me. Yes. So whether it's a craft beer, whether it's wrestling, whether it's a radio personality, what are you going to do to sell yourself and make people care? Right. And how people go about that to me is fascinating, no matter what world you're talking about. And I think wrestling and radio have some things in common, but I like going into a craft brewery going, okay, what is it that you're selling? Yep. What is it that you're doing? You're new to me. Never been here that's before. different from- What do you got? Right. And I'm willing to listen and try, mm-hmm. but I'm also, okay, if you go in and I'll sit down and I'll give you a try, but if you only have a, a lager and- a blonde and an IPA and a Pilsner, and that's all you're doing? Uh, it might be tough to, you're going to have to- Keep me here. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have to work hard to keep me here. So what are you going to do? What we're going to do right now, 
is grab get, another one. And I'm not an getting IPA an IPA or, or a Pilsner. <laughs> or, I'm going to get something. Still got that fruitcake. I was just going to say, the Christmas fruitcake yeah. beer is calling my name. I drank a beer. I drank another beer. Three beers. Four beers. Oh, no. Five beers. Oh, no. Six beers. Seven beers. Eight beers. Nine beers. And a bloody May. It's hard hitting questions. I want you to hit me with like hard stuff. Uh, okay. Why is it that you cannot remember to wait until the mics are running to open your beer? I have an answer to that question. Okay. I've done this 1150 times now, so I'm, I've got it down pat. 1150. Yeah. 1150. Yep. This is episode 1150. Wow. I feel honored to be here. Look at you. Uh, I forgot to. See, <laughs> uh... see, you nailed it to start the show. You held off you waited because the last several times you've been in, you'd always cracked your beer before we got into it. And, and again, your buddy AJ did the same thing yesterday. And, uh, he, as soon as he cracked it, it was like, ah, oh, shit. You're like, yep. Just Usually fire, I man. wouldn't care, yeah. but because I got it right the first time. Exactly. Now I now set care. a bar. Yeah. yeah. And I'm drinking a Brock Street Christmas fruitcake ale that is 6.5% has reindeer on it. And I'm scared how long it's been in your fridge. Well, at least six months. Well, eight months now. About Christmas time, you'd imagine, right? You'd imagine. Actually, it's only been in my fridge since about... When was it made? That's got to be on the can there. Yeah. I'm scared to look. So that came to me, because I remember thinking the same thing you did. Uh, I got together with a couple buddies from back in Oshawa to watch one of the Leafs Lightning playoff games this year uh, when we went around, which was... Who's we? We. You know who we are. No, I don't. You know. You know no, no, why I, we're I here. don't. No, I don't. Who's we? The Leafs, man. I'm one of them. No, you're not that. Are we going to get bogged down here? Yes, because you're an intelligent guy. Uh, not really. I just want to tell the story of your beer. It was handed to me. Don't say we. Don't do it. It's going to be going to have to go back and edit out the time where you said mm -hmm. that we'll be doing more podcasts together. Right. In the future. <laughs> That's going to be deleted by the time this makes air. I'll be doing my own podcast here then, I guess. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> you can come if you want. Yeah. I'll set up, get some popcorn and set up a little chair. And you might learn something. Watch some. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Talk about the special Leafs and lightning. The, the tasting notes. Yeah. Oh, sure. Leafs and lightning. Tell me some story about the beer that has to do with winning a round. <sighs> it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in 20 years. I was just setting years. the table. Yes. It was, it was about the best thing that happened. About 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my buddy came up and he handed me that because he was bringing me some craft beer to try. And I thought the exact same thing that you just did. Like, oh, that's a Christmas ale. It's May. Actually, it was only April because the Leafs were still in the playoffs. Uh, that's been sitting in your fridge and you've been waiting for somebody else to drink it. <laughs> Brought it for me. So Brock Street Brewing Company out of Whitby, Ontario. They make good stuff, but there was something about that one that just, uh, well, if it was still out there, I, it obviously wasn't calling out to me. And I'm glad you, you took it down, man. How, how's it treating you? It's a bit fruitcakey. Yes. Um, as the name would suggest. It's not terrible. No. 
It's there's a ringing endorsement. I know. <laughs> when people say that, it's the review we get most often on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> you guys aren't <laughs> terrible. Solid three stars. <laughs> but this one, I'm glad it's because it's not as forward. Yeah, as I would have thought. So it's it's more subtle. Now the taste isn't my jam. Okay, but. We probably got a jam stout out there if you want to try. I was, no, but I, I can drink it because it's it's not like in your face. Right. Uh, the one I've gone with here that you've selected for me. Well, I pictured you crowd surfing. I'm a little large for, for crowd surfing. Back in the day when I used to enjoy a nice warp tour every summer and I was more like 5'9", 104 pounds. Mm-hmm. It's good crowd, crowd surfing, surfing size. Yeah. I think if I were to jump up there now, I would just be dropped right to the ground. Right. No. More ass support, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have to ask, <laughs> you're probably in trouble and on the way down. Yeah. That's about right. Already. But you're drinking a Flying Monkeys Crowd Surf Passion Fruit IPA. It's true, man. There's a lot going on there. I'm getting the passion fruit right up front. Are you? Yeah. Tropical, I would say. But with the IPA tendencies. Oh yeah, still got a little uh, a little bite to it towards the end. It's kind of nice, man. This is the first time I've had this one. Less IBU, the better hmm. for me. Okay. If I could find zero, right, I'd be happy. Isn't that just water? <laughs> you get better as these podcasts go along. No. So this is worse. No, you're this right. This is actually the fourth one I've recorded today, so you're seeing me on just running on fumes. <laughs> so <laughs> Then don't say yesterday and the day before. I'm doing great stuff. with it. I'm actually keep I'm until keep, now. Yeah, well, yeah. True. <laughs> Again, this may not make air either, man. I like to I say that a lot, it always stays in. I like to let people laugh at me. It's it is what What's it is. the point of doing these podcasts if you're gonna edit half of it out? Yeah. Only your half. <laughs> The rest of it's fucking gold, man. <laughs> so, look, I, it's been interesting to watch. Um, you know, when you were in here the last time, the feedback we got, the love that people were given to uh, to Mr. Leverson. Mm. But it does give me a little diabetes, and so I don't know how long we want to stay on it, right, to see how, how nice people were. To, but, like, you bringing up what Ian did for you that day to bring you up on stage, you told the story of yeah. being at the golf tournament for the Capital City Condors, and you being uncomfortable with that moment, but Mm -hmm. him wanting to, knowing the community, the time you'd given to it, you know, those stories are the things that were coming out in my DMs or in my mentions. And as you mentioned, it was Ian Mendez who tweeted it out to, to no one's surprise, a far larger audience than the one that I have. And pretty sure most people have, what's he up to now? (laughs) I don't even feel like he's in the 80,000. Yeah. He's doing all right. Category. He's bragging now. Yeah. Um, but like the, the amount of traffic that tweet got and, and was shared around and the mm-hmm. nice things being said about you, but, uh, you know, you've said before, you're not a Twitter guy, but you may have a burner. You spend any time in the replies, getting a look at just the, the, the feedback people had or the things people were saying about you. Cause I think, I think to some people that would sound a little vain, but mm-hmm. I think you just opened yourself up for 90 minutes of talking all about yourself and what you'd been through. I think it would only make sense to 
see how people reacted to it, see what people had to say about it. I'm going to be really honest with you right now. Yeah. When at first I was like, oh God, Ian was nice enough to retweet it and stuff. I, Ian just blew this up. No, but I, yeah. no, I, 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 the opposite. Oh. I actually thought, I hope at least it did around the same as other shows that you've done because if oh, Ian- there was no fear of that, man. No, but if Ian- which he was nice enough to kind of tweet it out for everyone and with you and your audience already. I was like, if it does like way poorer than other shows that you've done. I, yeah, I that would, would be a bummer. <laughs> no, but not for me. Okay. Not for me at all. Hmm. Like well, it I, wasn't the case. So No, but I, I actually wouldn't, I'd care more about for you and for others who have sort of put themselves out there for me. Like, you have done that. Ian's done that. A bunch of people have done that. And I, yeah. But that's what would matter to me. I actually cared more about putting on a good show. Hopefully your show did okay that day and didn't it did. tumble as opposed to. I Look, we can be honest about this. I'm sure there was a certain amount of people who tuned in. I wonder if he's going to shit on TSN 1200, right? I wonder if he's going to trash some people now. 100%. And so some people tune in for that, but it certainly seemed based on the feedback that I saw, that wasn't what the majority was. No, and again, wanted to hear from you on how you were doing. So I know in the business right now, I've seen a couple of people and I, because I don't know the answer to it, I'm not going to like be completely specific, but I've seen some people that have in the media walked away in the last little bit. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder whether it's a walk away or it's like a, okay, this is kind of the new direction that we're going, right. but we're going to allow you to say goodbye for a week. And people don't understand that's rare in radio. They don't. Oh, it doesn't happen. You you don't get to do that because they're putting you on a live mic. And in theory, if they've just told you we're letting you go at the end of the week, you're going to step onto that live mic and say. What? Nothing good. You know. But why? I don't get that. Maybe you don't. But no, I actually I, don't understand it because. You understand what they're afraid of. Not really. Like, yes, you do. No, you I, don't understand the mindset that would make an on-air talent go on and shit all over their previous employer, but you understand on an intellectual level what they think might happen. That I'm going to go on and go, I just found out I'm being fired today, so fuck such and such media right. and fuck this program director and right. I right. And just blow up. So I'm not naive enough to not understand that concept, but... Right, and that's all what? I'm saying. You know what they're afraid of. You're just not the type of person that was likely to do it. But even more so, don't we live in a day and age where, let's just say that happened. Yeah. Okay. Somebody gets let go, but they're allowed to go on and say goodbye. And they, they say some bad things. Yeah. Can you tell me what employer's hiring them That's next? exactly it. You did not just seal your fate at this company. Right. You have sealed your fate at every company so who's ever heard that clip. If you do that, first of all, your radio station's going to get an insane amount of clicks and hits because they all are going to want to hear this person. And that person literally ruined their whole career. Yep. 
I have no idea why, why especially radio that creates such an intimate environment that you become part of people's day, yeah. that you're not allowed to actually say goodbye because of the zero to me, and this is just my opinion, the 0.01% that that person's going to get on and crap all over you. Right. As opposed to actually being genuine and, and being thankful for the audience, being able to say goodbye, people knowing where you're like, that you're leaving and you're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. One of the uh, morning show hosts at CTV is leaving this week. Mm-hmm. Um, no idea whether it's on her own or forced or whatever. But she's on Monday told the story that she's leaving on Friday. And that's it. But she's on all week. Right. And you know Why? I don't care if she's leaving at the end. And it's worth pointing out here. It is the same parent company. So in theory would have the same policy. Right. And maybe she's leaving on her own, Mm -hmm. but even if she's leaving on her own, are, are they not afraid that she might say something? No, because she's a professional and she's given like 20 years to that's what she's done. And for to be on for a week, for people to have a chance to reach out and say goodbye, yeah. she deserves that. I don't care if she's leaving on her own or they're forcing her to go. And I don't know which. Right. But she deserves to be on this week either way. And she is. Would you have wanted it? Yes. Yeah. Be- and not for me, for the people that spent their time. And I'll just... Ex- so another guy came up to me yesterday and I was somewhere where like there was like four people in the entire place. How would I possibly know that a, some guy came up to me and was like, look, I've been listening for 20 years and I, you actually put me in touch with someone that changed my life in 2001 because I asked you for some advice and you, you gave me some advice and you pointed me to a couple of people and those people hired me. And he, he worked with the Sens for 10 years and now off to a, like a major company after that. Wow. Saw me. Yeah. And I, and I'm not telling the story to pat myself on the back because I'm, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember doing it. 20 years ago. And I, but I'd like to think that I can remember some, especially 20 years ago, it's easier then than yesterday, (laughs) but I didn't remember. His name was Garrett. Mm -hmm. I didn't remember doing that for him. I kind of wanted to say like, I was not even probably a year into the business at that time. Why the hell were you talking to me about (laughs) any advice and going in like, but, and he thanked me and and he was almost in tears. And he was like, he was so thankful that he ran into me because he didn't know where I went. He never knew that I was leaving. It was just one day I was gone and he didn't know how to get a hold of me. And he was, he always wanted to tell me that. And it was, I guess, random that he ran into me mm-hmm. yesterday to have a chance to be able to do that. But it's for all of the people that gave, like you think about it, even if you gave an hour a day for 10 years or 15 years, how much time that yep. is? 
Yep. How much real time that is. And when, when you have a loved one that's sick or that you have a chance to be able to say goodbye to people, it matters. It matters a lot. So I know what you're saying, but I also would think, okay, does this, it's, it's a unique job. Does this company know me? Right. Do they know the audience? Do they understand the they intimate don't. relationship? Clearly they don't. And why- They've, they've made that painfully. Why goddamn. wouldn't you yeah. allow that person to be able to say goodbye? I just, I can't even imagine someone that would go on, like even the most hot-headed of people- is it easier for you to imagine rather than the guy who goes on and trashes the station, the guy who turns around and says, fuck you, you just fired me. No, I'm not finishing out Friday afternoon or whatever. Like I, what you're saying is legit. I, I'd like a chance to say goodbye to the audience and all these people I've, who've listened to me for 20 years to a different type of person. It's a job and you just shit canned me for no reason other than I fit the certain slot of yeah. cost you were looking to cut today. Or I drank Christmas fruitcake. Beer. Sure. Um, yeah, I, but here's how I, I have no interest in jumping. Yeah, back but here's how I would handle it. Okay. If, yeah. if I were the boss, this is exactly what I would do. If it came to, I knew you were going to be let go if it were you Yeah. and I was the boss, I would come to you on Friday afternoon and say, look, this is, this is crappy. This mm-hmm. is like, I don't want to do this, but unfortunately we're going to have to go in another direction because you're, you're being cut. Yeah. Not because I want to, but because this is the, the big corporation that's doing it. Yeah. I have you scheduled next week. Why don't you call me on Sunday and tell me if you want to come on or not. And if, if you want to go on next week, I got all the faith and trust in you that You'll be good to go and you can talk about it, but we're going to have to come up with some sort of parameters where I kind of know how you're going to do it. What if they had come to you on a Thursday night and said, tomorrow's your last day? Mm-hmm. Or. You, what? Well, for me, I never would have thought about it. Yes. Do you wish to pre-record? No. No. You wouldn't have done it. Pre-record? Yeah. No. It gives them the comfort of we get to hear what you're oh, going to say. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Um, you get to say goodbye, well, if but the op- we get to, if the option's pre-record or nothing, yeah. then yeah, it's pre-record. Right. hundred yeah. percent. But the emotion of being on live, being on live is like nothing. There's just nothing to, yeah, to compare it to nope. when, especially when things are happening, there's an ar- energy to it around you. That even what we're doing right here lacks. If something were to go terribly wrong you know in the back of your mind not a slice of it fuck it right and even when i not like, live when i was on that, the, that's going out there when i was on the 2020 desk uh i would sometimes record updates and i would screw them up all the time when i was recording and not that i didn't screw up live once but if i knew subconsciously that this was being taped what is that because when i do shows by myself right or even just pre-record intros. It's hard. I can't get through it. I'm yeah. stumbling over myself. Yeah. I'm, but to just sit here and shoot the shit with you, whatever, it's no problem, right? But if there's something about the the knowledge in the back of your head that you can fix it, yeah. or that it's, you're just like, 
But when you're on in important times and you're live, mm-hmm. there, as you said, there's an energy, but sometimes it's an amplified energy at that point where you just know that you need to keep going and you need to get this right. And yep. that you might not always get it right, but there's a, there's an adrenaline rush to it that there's no going back. No. You can't no. go backwards. You can't fix it. You can't edit it, but it's time to go. And it's now. I miss that. Yeah. I miss that part of it. But if the answer was pre-record or nothing, the chance to say goodbye would be yeah. too, too much to pass up. But I just don't. So theoretically, I get what you're saying. I just don't even know anybody that I know in the business. Not whoever wants to be hired again. That if you gave them, yeah, and, and maybe the answer is different for somebody who is like legitimately going into retirement. Yeah. And they're 60 or 65 and they're not. Oh, fuck yourself, they're not, San Diego. Yeah. They're not, <laughs> they're not planning on getting another job. Right. And they're not planning on doing anything ever in the business. But then as an employer, I would know that about that person well before this happened. Yeah. Uh, get to know your employees a little bit. I don't know one person at TSN 1200, not one, that if you told them and gave them 24 hours, that wouldn't want the chance to go on and say goodbye, as opposed to, I I couldn't even think of somebody, even AJ. (laughs) It's Creech, that pigeon. Oh, Creech, no problem. (laughs) Bund is still trying to figure out the math problem, but I wouldn't know one person that would go on to crap on well, the company. So last thing on this then. Yeah. And it's an uncomfortable question. It's one I saw a time or two. There's I don't, no uncomfortable question. I think it's, okay. So he's been in here, JR. Mm-hmm. He, everyone knows he's the boss man around 1200. Yeah. But I think most people know he's he's got bosses too, right? Everybody's got a boss. Yeah. You answer to somebody. Um, you sort of told the story when you were on here before of being contacted and then driving home and being handed off to like an HR person on how this is going to go. And by the time I got home, my phone was wiped. My email was gone. Yeah. The two questions I have or that were sent to me was JR, the -hmm. person initially who had to let you know you're out and whether true or whether that's the case or not. Mm -hmm. Any ill will towards JR? So, number one, no, he was not the person. How it exactly played out was I was asked with a number of hosts with different radio stations, um, Jeff Hopper and Sophie from New Country, Stuntman Stu, me, AJ, uh, I don't know if it was Bill Carroll or Christy Cameron, but it was one of them, um, being down at at TD Place to record some promos that were going to air on the Red Blacks big board all year long. Right. So all of the You hosts, were there doing promo work with uh, many of the Bell Media. Right. But yeah. I hadn't like- Yeah, you'd gone to the gym, you told us Yeah, last I'd time. gone to the gym, I'd come up and I was just going to that right. with everybody else and I was at TD Place and I was asked to be on a Zoom call and when I got on the Zoom call, there was- um. JR's boss. Yeah. And an HR person. And so JR's not even on the call. No. Okay. Haven't talked to him, haven't heard from him, no communication with him whatsoever. Okay. And it was just the big, big boss 
and an HR person. And so you, just to clarify what you just said right there, hadn't talked to him, hadn't heard in that moment or since it's happened. Oh no, in the moment. Okay. I mean, I, that, yeah, see, yeah. initially I thought you were saying you still oh, no, to no, this. No. So no. I wanted to clarify that for you. Okay. Audience. Thank you. Okay. I, I'm yep. ho- very grateful that that did not come across. Okay. So I'm just saying that at, at 10, that time, at 1045, I was asked to be on a Zoom call at 1115. Right. I didn't think anything of it. No. I would. It's just another day at the office. Right. And I was in the gym. I got to get upstairs. I got to, yep. you know, get out and I got to get to the promo shoot after this. And I got on the Zoom call and it was JR's boss and an HR person. And it was about 75 seconds, 90 seconds. Yeah. Thanks for your contributions. Um, this is a tough day, but we're going to have to let you go. And here's Anna to walk you through, the HR person to walk you through what's... what's Yammer in your ear while you drive. What's on. next. And again, thanks very much for your contribution. See you later. Goodbye. So and even that, JR's boss is gone within... It's just you and the HR person after that. Yeah, after yeah. like 60 seconds or 75 seconds. So... Bell, let's talk. Drove... Yeah, I Let it breathe for a sec. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> so I have a lot of feelings. Ask me about Bell. Let's talk after this. Okay. I have a lot of feelings about it. Okay. So after that, the HR person talked to me for half an hour. And by the time I got off the phone with the HR person, my phone had been wiped. My email had been gone. Yeah. And everything was just this, like, I told the story of AJ calling me. He didn't know. Um, yesterday on the show, AJ refuted your version of the story where he's la- he laughed at first. He said, everything else he said was true. He said he never laughed when you, uh, when you told him you were out. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Now I was in a bit of a state. Yeah. So no, I no won't, <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm almost positive. He kind of joked. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even you're in, that's it. And that's exactly the way you painted it the first time, man, which was, he kind of was like, yeah, yeah. Stop fucking around. Right? Like, yeah. Let's can, get down right. to business. Right. He wasn't laughing that you were fired. He was laughing no. that this isn't a funny time for this joke. He let's wasn't, get on to he wasn't laughing no. at all. No. Like, but he was just, ah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but if that didn't happen, fine. Whatever. The rest yeah. of it happened. <laughs> so um, uh, any, I've learned not to argue with AJ very much. No. <laughs> so, since then, like, and, and for the rest of the day, so JR called me right after, and he's like, I'm really sorry. Like, and to be clear, this wasn't his call. No. So he had called me. I'd missed the call. Okay. And then I called him back. And unfortunately at that, like he picked up, but unfortunately he ha- was going into the meeting with at that time yes. with everybody else. The big- the bigger meeting to te- well to tell the rest of the group yeah what's going on yeah and he's like y- you know I would never push you off right now yeah I have to do this meeting <laughs> yes but he's like I will call you back and then he called me back a couple hours later yep and I mean at the point all I- and I probably shouldn't have because. JR has not, he's been there since I've been there. Mm-hmm. And I consider him a friend. Yep. It's tough to be friends with the boss. 100%. Because the boss has to keep a, a fine line yep. between that. But the one thing that 
I always wanted. And the one thing I would always want in the boss, nobody's a perfect boss. Nope. Nobody's a perfect employee either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure bosses would tell you that. Yeah, yeah. So we both have strong opinions on the way the business should go, but we both love the business. Right. So the one that Jer never lied to me, I don't think. Right. Ever in the time that I was at the radio station, and he wasn't always the boss for 20 years, but yep. he never lied to me. He would tell me sometimes where, like, we we can't talk about that, or I can't discuss this with you, yeah. or there are certain things that we cannot get into. You're asking questions. I can't give you these answers. But he wouldn't lie to me. We can go crazy over a debate or a disagreement over But if you're honest with me, we're all right here. Right. Like it's And he was always honest with me, especially with some of the bigger decisions that, and not all of them I agreed with. Yeah. Uh, so, but we had, we have a healthy um, relationship. Yeah, and, we still do. And I just I wanted consider, to bring it up. I consider him a friend. Because to the listeners who don't follow the business, as most don't, right? As closely, right? The industry, the whatever. Of course. JR's the boss. And Lee's gone. So JR's the bad guy. Yeah. That's, Which is so wrong. Yeah, and so that's why I thought it was worth just clarifying here that. But that's a, why you're he the host the because you bring up good questions to do and answers. And he was not the one, and I. But I did, and I probably shouldn't have asked him this, but I did ask him. Look, did you know? Right. Like, what, or not that you? Sorry, that's wrong. I didn't ask him that. I just said, was, was this, like, did you have a deciding factor? Did you have a a, a vote? A vote. In this. And if you did, you have to make calls all the time. Yep. I respect that you had to make calls, but I would like to know if you did why. Why me? You decided to do this yeah. with me. Yep. And I believe him when he said, I had no vote and I was told, give or take half an hour beforehand that this was happening. And he told me, and he didn't have to tell me this. Yeah. He told me that he pushed back on them a little bit yeah. for both of us. Cause I think for, for Simmer and for me, uh, how do I do this without not patting myself on the back? Cause I don't want to try to pat myself on the back, but I always thought of myself and I think other people, especially Jr., thought of me as a guy that could do, multiple things. Like right. if he needed, um, like just in the past year, he, Whit Merrifield. he needed, he, <laughs> I need you to start a second base today. Great. I need you I to start a left be, field today. I don't today. want to be Whit need, Nobody wants to be Whit Merrifield, but we man, need him. Whit Merrifield. <laughs> so I, I, I want to be Flo, man. I, okay. Flo is my man. He's my favorite player other than Remarkable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jordan Romano yeah, Remarkum. I got it. Okay. It's terrible though. He, no, he's uh, no, terrible. That's, that's it's terrible. It's incredible. No. He's Remarkable. Next no. time he Awful. gets out there, one, Awful. two, three, you're going to say, that's remarkable. I promise you I will not. You will. You'll be thinking <laughs> in the back of your mind. You might not say it, but you'll think it. So I just You know ask, what'll happen? He'll strike out the side and I'll just be oh, fucking Lee. Right. <laughs> and I've made you think. Yeah. excellent. Right. And that I won't get that out of your head every time. <laughs> that curly haired <laughs> guy you, that looks- You've ruined this guy for me. Oh, sometimes he ruins my life because yeah. he never makes it simple. No. Uh, True. But he told me he found out half an hour before and he pushed back because... Well, there's uh, a statement in and of itself on how they treat their managers. 
Well, no, because... We're dismissing a member of your team and you get 30 minutes notice? That's not a great way to treat your... It's not, but if you get the managers that you know are going to push back and you're going to do it anyway... Yeah. I don't know. I Corporate world is not my thing. So to be able to run... So, Bell, let's talk. Anyway, just to clarify... Sorry, I, JR I, I, is is... And JR was not the decision maker? No. And he, he, I consider him a friend. He was a good boss. He listened to his employees. He didn't always do what we asked. Sure. But he's still the boss and he needs to be accountable to other people. And he had pressures that we'll never know. So One of the interesting things that- He's a good friend of mine. That's happened on this podcast over the years is I've got to know some of you guys, is what happens when the show is over. And you're just sort of sitting, shooting the shit. Now the mics are turned off on yeah. the industry, yeah. right? Just- gossip like in any other workplace, right? Yep. And and as someone who grew up loving sports radio, I'm all ears on the gossip. Yep. I've heard all kinds of you guys say, oh, I don't like this guy over at that newspaper or this person over at that TV station's kind of this or that or whatever. Not one person who's ever sat in that chair that you're sitting in right now has ever said, oh, JR, that guy's a douche. Not one guy's ever said that, can't trust that guy. Nope. Everybody seems to like JR, even though he's in this unenviable situation of being the boss, while not really the boss, right? Like, paint, painted in public as the boss, the guy who runs the station. But when bad shit goes down, he's going to wear some stuff that he doesn't deserve to wear. I can't remember him making a decision on his own to remove somebody from the station that wasn't done above him. Yeah. He just seems like genuinely, yeah. generally respected. And so he should be. Yeah. He's done a lot in the business. Yeah. And to be able to handle a morning show and to be the boss of other people and just think about the daily calls from AJ every single <laughs> solitary day. Seriously. You look at your phone, you're like, what the bleep now? Honestly. And you know what I've learned a little bit? Yeah. And I, I don't, you might take this the wrong way. And I, the one thing that bugged me about the business a little bit but I, I came to understand it completely. And I'm not faulting JR or any other boss. But imagine being the morning show host and you get up at 3.30 in the morning every day. <sighs> okay. And then you go in and then doing four hours of live radio, yeah. I'm telling you the fourth hour is exhausting. Like the fourth hour is just. Anything of any interest that I had to say, I've said. <laughs> and, and you're recycling things yeah. and, but the fourth hour is a lot. So imagine, okay, now it's 10 AM. Yeah. You've been up for seven hours. You've done a four hour oh, radio God. show. And now you go into your office and you have four or five hours work, office work, office work yep. to do. And my employees have things they want to talk about. And I've got. And there's always, oh, and there's no. always something else all the time. He was a little bit more, like, I loved him because he was hands-off. But then there was times it's like, I need you to pay attention to a little bit more. Here, yeah. to, because there are things happening here that you don't see. Right. And you need to see them because you're the boss. Sure. But when it comes down to that and people get super busy. So imagine being that person, whether it's Jer, anybody else, up at 3 a.m., Live show, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. You're in your office until 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You drive home. You're exhausted. Yep. Okay? Now, the squeaky wheel's calling you. 
And it, probably at most points, you're like, I just don't have the energy to deal with you. So whatever you My want. My work day is over. Yeah, but whatever you want, <laughs> sure. Because yeah. I don't care anymore. Right. I need I'm not to saying, nap. I'm not saying that <laughs> about anyone in particular, because I just called AJ the squeaky wheel. Yeah. Because he calls all the time. <laughs> But I'm a phone guy too. I've my, noticed. My point is, is that, yeah, I know you're laughing at it, but it's, you, you should become more of a phone guy too. Okay. Hey, just so okay. we're clear, you said, can I call you tomorrow? And I said, yes. I know. And you did not. Call I know, tomorrow, but. So. For all you know, I'm a great phone guy. The highway was closed. I was trying to get to a <laughs> wedding. I, I, it was just too yeah, much. It's all right. But I was never the squeaky wheel. And in another life, I I think I w- will be. Get some grease, man. Because that's what the sneaky wheel gets. The squeaky wheel. Sneaky. The sneaky. <laughs> the squeaky wheel gets the oil a lot. Yep. And a lot of it is because people are just too exhausted to deal with that all the time. And you get more. Yeah. And as a person who never did that, I got less. Yeah, but. I, I got. I can say it. You don't have to say it. No, but it wasn't even. It wasn't even the last part. I got resentful that other people, because they complained more, got more. That didn't make sense to me. Right. To me, it would be the opposite. It would be I'm going to reward the people who I know are on the ground working their butts off, not complaining. I'm going to reward them. So to wind that up, no Jr. wasn't the guy. No Jr. Oh, Jr. not the heel. Uh, the bit, the worst thing about JR is he's an Eagles fan. It is pretty brutal. Right? Yeah. Honestly. Well, he came in here. They're hateable. A year, 18 months ago. What, no, it was about a, year, a little over a year ago when you guys, uh, and again, I can say it. I guess you can now. That's up to you. We're told not to talk about the Mendez piece that was released right after Melnick's passing. Yep. And not too long after that, I had JR in here. That was already scheduled. It wasn't in response to that. But the, I asked him. Before we even started the microphone, I said, I gotta, I, I'd like to ask you about that. First time I ever heard him being interviewed by somebody else. Really? Eh? Okay. So he said to me at the time, you can ask. I respect that. I don't know how much I can give you. Right. So I sort of expected to get nothing. Yeah. And he did not give nothing. He was pretty honest about it, where <laughs> it came from, why it happened that way. And at mm-hmm. that point, I'd only ever spoken to JR once on my show before and that was done remotely during COVID mm-hmm. um, and we had talked a couple times quite frankly on the phone I'd asked him for some feedback and some tips on our show and, mm-hmm. and you know what opportunities maybe out there and, and so we chatted and whatever and he sat there that day and he answered far more honestly right. than I expected him to mm-hmm. and at that point cool like there's no need at that point to keep digging there's no he's given me in one answer, everything he can and is going to give me. So you can keep beating a dead horse to death, knowing that he can get up and leave whatever the hell he wants. Because right. some of the feedback I got was, why didn't you stay on it? Because what else is there to say? His boss has said, you're not going to touch that. Our lawyers haven't had a chance to vet it. Mm-hmm. You're going to leave it alone. That's an honest answer. I Well, that's a tr- yeah, That's that was true. That was and true. And so when we had our meeting about it, it's hard to argue that. Even though well, not, it's th- only that was my follow up was to ask him, how do your guys feel? And he goes, I don't think they're happy. 
right? Like, no, this is what because, everyone's talking because about, it's and o- it's, we're not talking about. Right? It's only some of the story. Yeah, you're not getting the rest of the story, but then you can't get the rest. Like, how do you argue when our lawyers haven't had a chance to vet it yet? And Ian's sources with the Athletic are not our sources. He feels comfortable going to print with it. That doesn't mean we have everything we need. Right. Now, my counter to that was almost every single day, yep. we take a piece yep. that's written by somebody else and we go with it yep. because they've written it and they work for a legitimate... Right. So all we have to say is we start the sources say or allegedly or whatever. No, now but we even can... if you're saying yeah. like... Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic is... Is reporting. Yeah. We're right? off and running. We do it every day. Yep. yep. So I didn't understand the difference at the time from Ken Rosenthal to Ian Mendez. Yeah. If they're working with the athletic and what is considered a like a, 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 a credible yep. source. Yep. Every single day, people in media take reports from people. Like if Adrian Wojnarowski says something. Take that shit to the bank. It's probably true. Yeah. Okay. Elliot Friedman says something. Yep. Darren Bob McKenzie. Yep. Friend of the show. Yeah. But if they say something, we take their reports all the time. But suddenly, this report, who is done by a credible journalist yep. for a credible, like, well, so, and my point wasn't entity. to relitigate all of that as much as just entity. That was my problem with Jr. I, I respected Jr. for coming here and saying that because he wasn't willing to or able to say it on twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. I can't go on twelve hundred and say Bell Media lawyers say we can't talk about Ian Mendez's piece in the Athletic. Right. I can come here and say it. Yeah. And it's it's become interesting. I've had a couple of our listeners point out like. This is the podcast where after bad things happen, people come to talk about it. That makes me laugh a little bit, but, but it's, it's, good not for a, you. it's not entirely untrue. It's good uh, for you. Sure. Isn't it? I guess. It's it's a little morbid, but. Not really. <laughs> I think people, if they need a chance to talk, it's nice to have outlets to be able to do that. Yep. So Bell Let's Talk. That's a, that's a professional segue right there. I think that was beautifully well done. Yeah. As I swung and missed at it. You grabbed it. I, I hear you crunching your can. Well, I'm not you crunching. Something else. You... No, I'm trying to get the label off so I remember the Brock Street Christmas fruitcake ale. To not drink and, it and, again. Right. <laughs> but I'm going to remember this night. Okay. And this is going to be my, if I can get it off, which I've almost completed this. Okay. Um, yes, I was able to do it. Okay. So I now have the entire label to take home. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bell, let's Bell, talk. let's talk. I think Bell, let's talk. Is I think it started for the right reasons. I, I Same. like. I I truly believe that it it started for the right reasons, and I think they wanted to make a difference. As somebody who went through, I will call very dark times. And needed help to try and get out of those times. Mm -hmm. I think when Bell Let's Talk started, they wanted to be the voice. They wanted to be a place. They wanted to 
create the discussion so that people could talk more openly about it. And it got to a point, I can't argue with how much money they raise. Nope. And if they raise a whole bunch of money that goes back into the system, mm -hmm. good for them. I can tell you that I came to loathe Bell Let's Talk Day because... So let me just stop you right there before you get into it. Because I, I just want to, from the origin point, mm -hmm. I think I'm with you there. And I didn't care if it was a tax write-off. I didn't care if it was good promo for their company. I cared that it was working to start the conversation at the beginning. Yes. They were producing great work around it. Yep. The hashtag did have people telling their stories or posting resources that people could access if they needed. I didn't care I agree. about the corporate backside, the way they were benefiting. Mm -hmm. It was good until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. And I think for me, as somebody who went through some very difficult times, you think a program is there to to help people when they are in difficult times. Mm -hmm. I not only didn't feel that, I felt on Bell Let's Talk Day, people who suffer from mental illness and go through some difficulty with that are suffering every day. Mm-hmm. All the time, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what day it is, what week it is, what month it is. If they're suffering, they're suffering, and that's it. So now you have this. You have this day, mm -hmm. and everyone cares about me today. We, as a station, I think did some good things on that day, but what I really respect. And, and came to learn is that we did some things um, and Ian Mendez is a, a, a champion at this because um, I don't know if he's still on the board at the Royal, but he was. Yes. Um, and has done a lot of great things, got me involved doing some things with the Royal. Um, we did interviews in the month of November. Uh, we tried to make it a Hey, this doesn't just come at mm -hmm. the end of January yep. and we have a day and we all talk about it and then it all goes away. We tried to make it a little bit more than that, but on the day, there is a little bit of pressure to bring it up and talk about it and, and continue to talk about it. And as someone for a couple of those days who was going through really hard times mm -hmm. on your own, to be able to do this and to know that you're right, that the help isn't necessarily there because we're all talking about it today, that you need- It's just the thing everybody does today. Right. Yeah. But where is the real help? Yeah. Yep. Where is it coming from? How is it getting to people? How are we connecting the people who need help to the people who can help? Right. And it just became- way more than on that day. It's hard because I think when a lot of people, you know, especially if Bell's going to let people go, yeah. it doesn't, like, when is the right time to do it? Before 
Bellet's talk day right after. This maybe you, comes off. Do you wait three months? A little callous, do you yeah. Wait six months. Like, what is it's the right It's a big time? company. They're going to fire people. Yes. It's not a good thing. It's almost never going to be a good thing. I get why it's an easy dog whistle. The fact that it happens three weeks after Bell Let's Talk, it's a massive company. People are getting fired. I, I don't know. I tried not to tie those two things together. Like, if you're going to have this thing at the end of January every year, are you obligated to not fire anyone until, what, 90 days later? Right, you're going to fire them before Christmas and you're going to think that's better. Sure. You're going to fire them like... I thought it was too easy to tie them together. Yes. I, I think there was enough things that Bell was doing to make you go, you're not serious about this without having to add on the, oh, and they also fired some people later. The, those firings were going to suck no matter what time of year you did it. Now, I think all corporations can learn from the way that they treat and handle the firings. Sure. Um, and if Bell Let's Talk Day helps people with that, mm-hmm. okay, but I haven't seen the company no. learn. No. I haven't. And I only have my experience. I don't know what other people's experiences are. Um, I, I know people who have been let go from other companies. I know people, you're right, big corporations fire people all the time. And- it doesn't mean they can't be concerned, but my big problem was that so many people reached out to me thinking that there was, okay, Bell, let's talk. They're going to, I'm going to be able to connect with somebody. Right. And they couldn't. No. And if you're going to do that, you're going to raise a whole bunch of money. What matters most is having the resources out there to connect people. And if people can't do that, I don't know. It becomes really. It's tough. It's hard every year to watch these stories of, you know, and you you watch all the videos and it's like, okay, it doesn't go away tomorrow. I, I found it very difficult to go in and be the host on Bell Let's Talk Day for a couple of years because I was suffering and I had to pretend that I wasn't suffering and I had to say that, you know, the company's there and look at all the great things everyone's doing and i couldn't even reach out and talk to somebody yeah so that was hard and i think they they i i think it started for the right reasons i think they raise money and that money does go to helping people eventually yeah is it a tax write-off are there some negatives to it sure people can poke some holes in it yeah but those aren't the people that there are some people on the front lines that are actually using that money in the right way. Yep. So that's, that's a good thing. It just became almost a parody of, its, of itself. But what mattered most to me was having people reach out and maybe that was a day they felt like they could reach out a little bit more. Yes. And when you can't connect people at that point, man, it's hard. What did we do this for? Cause tomorrow that person who reached out acknowledged, yes, uh, this opened the door for me to understand what I was going through. I'm relieved to see I'm not the only one going through it. I need some help. What do I do tomorrow? Ah, we're done tomorrow. Like, <laughs> this is a one-day thing. Yeah. Third line sucks. Six defensemen, power play. Like, yeah. and it becomes really hard to talk about that stuff after. You know what yeah, I mean? you go so, back and so you your... have all these people reach out. You you feel like you're connecting with people. Okay, how do we help them? Blah blah blah. Turn, Midnight. We're on to the next. Turn thing. the switch and on to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, let's try and get out of here on something a little more, a little lighter. Okay. 
this weekend, WWE mm-hmm. SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Yin, this card got your attention? Outside of the fact that it's SummerSlam, it's a big name, it's, it's whatever. No, um, okay, so it has my attention more than any other WWE card this year, including WrestleMania. Really? Okay. That doesn't mean that I'm... All in? Saturday night, I'm glued to my television. <laughs> um, I probably won't. I probably will watch it on a replay on Sunday at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a little bit more intrigue for me. Based on... I, I don't. Well, first of all, I don't care what people say. They've done a great job with Cody Rhodes. Like, I, I don't care when they lead up and Cody Rhodes beats Brock Lesnar and... Anyway, he has to. And his next, whoever his next target is or whoever is the next roadblock for Cody Rhodes before he gets to WrestleMania. Uh, folks, Cody Rhodes is winning the WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania in Philadelphia walking up the steps like he is Rocky in Philadelphia. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that is going to happen. So that's so, eight months away. Yeah. I, I I told people six months ago that was going to happen. Okay. And Zach got all mad at me when I told him Cody Rhodes was going <laughs> to lose at WrestleMania and they lost WrestleMania. He's like, well, it's the, it's the wrong call. Well, have you seen the reactions? Well, and the as we've talked about a few times before on the show... The Roman Reigns, you know, the civil war inside the bloodline. That's held people. It's drawn people in. They're doing really big numbers on SmackDown with that story. And they're selling out buildings. Yeah. So I am intrigued. I don't think Jey Uso is going to win. No. But. He can't. Against Roman Reigns for people who are, uh, that's the title match. But I do want to see how they get out of this. My eventual thought is I work backwards. So. If I think Cody Rhodes is winning at WrestleMania, I think he's beating Roman. Yeah. And who is going to be stacked up in front of Cody for Cody to get to Roman? How do they get there? Yeah. My answer. That's why I brought up, it's eight months away. Yeah, but my answer is, I think eventually this long civil war ends up with all of them back on the same side. Really? Yeah. And okay. that Cody is going to have to go... Th- well, Roman has to go through Jay. Yeah, this I th- weekend. I think Jimmy ends up probably turning on... On Jay. On Jay. And Jay's fighting against the entire group. Um, okay. And then it's possible they do something with Solo that puts Solo on his own, no pun intended, to be able to fight Roman. But I think by the Rumble, everyone's coming back in the family to help Roman. And that if Cody's going to get through Roman, he's going through the entire family. So those couple of months between the Rumble and WrestleMania are Cody fighting the family again. He's got to go through solo. And I I think that when Cody wins... The next opponents for him are Jay and okay. Solo. And the, so I think this storyline is going to, you're going to see Cody with the title next SummerSlam, maybe facing Jay Uso, maybe facing Solo. Like that's. I, I wonder how long they can 
drag that out. Have you watched their programming week after week going, how are they even advancing? But I'm actually gripped. I'm I'm into it. Yeah. So I'm stoked about how they're going to, how they're going to get there. Um, Yeah. Cause even that time between now and the rumble, you got, you got months, you got pay-per-views to fill. Right. And so, so I think actually my bet would be that this won't be over yet. Um, I think you're going to see Cody and Brock have to be done. Yes. You're going to have to put something else in front of my whole, my whole point is that, that I think solo is going to go over and kind of be the new, I'm not sure about this. Jimmy's gone with Roman. Jay's been beaten. You got Jay and Solo's going to be Dave Batista. Jay when and Evolution was breaking. Jay and Solo. That's what I said. And then finally, everyone comes back together. But that's going to get Roman to the Rumble. Yeah. What gets Cody to the Rumble? To me, the answer is probably say Dominic. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> You shit on me last time too. And I told you how old no, this is. Dominic this is the end of the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> o- over. I've never, never seen someone with more go away heat. Never. Dude, so winning a- the NXT North America, the secondary title on the secondary show, prancing around like he's somebody. What a dumb move. Love it. Oh, it's Love just it. so bad. It's just awful. Um, I think Randy Orton comes back and probably uh, is. Yeah. A couple I, of second, third generation stars. Yeah. There's a story to be told there, right? Well, there's a huge story to be told there. With the, uh, uh, it wasn't evolution. What'd they call it? Legacy. Legacy. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a massive story there to be told. And Randy Orton's a big a star. months, yeah. And you got to put somebody credible in front of Cody, right? Like he, he's going to deal with Brock this weekend. Yep. Who else credible can you put in front of him? Apparently not Rob Van Dam. He's gone somewhere else. Wow, what a spoiler! Uh, <laughs> not not when this airs, but no. Um, so I'm interested in the main event. I'm interested in Cody Brock. Um, I don't know anything else on the card. I well, always kind of I peter out after Mania. I'm one of those guys now, man. I, you get I, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Oscar for that'll be good. Yeah, put on a good match. But I think I don't care about the story. They're going to turn know yeah, the story. But they're going to turn Bianca. Okay, I think. Uh, they're starting to turn the street profits. Um, Who's I'm, Seth defending against? Finn Balor. That'll be a good match. It'll be a good match. They've wrestled before. Yep. I'm sick of Seth Rollins like going in and people singing his catchphrase I song. Hate, and I hate and, that stupid character he's got now with the laugh and everything. Yeah, I don't like it. But people sing the song and it's yeah. like they're just singing over everybody. I don't buy this Judgment Day stuff. I, I don't know. Edge on the card? Nope. Okay. No, but Finn Balor, Seth Rollins will be good. Yep. Um, this is one of those shows. This is still one of those, you know, the reputation, big four, that I, I haven't watched almost anything since Mania. Mm-hmm. But if I'm sitting around on Saturday night or, like you said, Sunday, flip it on on a replay, yeah, I'll check it out. I don't even know. Is this yeah, Saturday or Sunday? It's Sunday? Saturday night. Okay, yeah. That seems to be the new permanent home. But... uh Anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to it as much as I can look forward to a WWE card. Right. Am I looking forward to AEW more? The it's fact that they've sold 77,000 tickets to Wembley Stadium. And how far off is that one now? Two, three weeks? August 27th. Okay, so, so a little more than that. But you think about the all-time record. Don't You can tell me about 93,000 at the Silverdome. It's Brett Bulldog. 
Yeah, that's the real record. Yep. And that was SummerSlam '92. And it was like seventy-nine thousand. Yep. They're gonna pass that. They're at seventy-seven already. Fucking wild. They're at seventy-seven already. They haven't even announced matches. (laughs) Okay. And I'm telling you, when Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega go in the third one, and Will Ospreay grew up down the street. Yep. People are gonna lose their crap. I can't wait for it. You got Don Callis and Chris Jericho. Winnipeg stars being together. I just love AW and CM Punk taking the the title out of the bag last Saturday. I'm still the champ. I'm still unbeaten. And he is. No one's taking it from me. And he is. And MJF and Adam Cole, incredible little run here as a friendship tag team, almost (laughs) pulling out the the friendship festival with Jericho and Kevin Owens. So this is why I'm a little cold on that is just because it's a WWE trope. That these guys who are but clearly going to no, no. fight don't know, tag but, team champ. Right, but here's the thing. You know they're going to fight. Yeah. And they're not going to play this out. What I hate about storylines like this is that they play out for like six months before they end up fighting when you know all along. Yeah. This one's not happening. Like, they lost. Yeah, true they, enough. They lost. Yeah. He's already promised them a match. They're going to fight, and they're going to fight soon. So... Enjoy yeah. the month where it's hysterical that MJF is running around like Roderick Strong and pretending to do all the Adam Cole baby things. They got the matching, the jackets and the tights. Yes. And like, it's incredible because you know it's ending soon. It's not going to last six months. Like, okay, you know that they're going to turn, but they're not going to turn until January. Okay, I'm bored. That's not happening here. I love it. I'm getting that. I love it. You're all in on the. All in, no all, all out. Yeah, no pun intended, I guess. That's how we stumbled to Wednesday, finish on Wednesday that. nights, TSN. Dynamite. Some, some nights. Wednesday nights. Yeah, but sometimes. Sometimes it's online, sometimes it's on TV. No, that's and, Rampage and, and collision. collision. You just But Dynamite's on every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. True enough. Okay. So we just Stick missed with it. the positives. Okay. Yes, we heard Rob Van Dam came out. I'm going to go watch it when I get home. We talked all the way through AEW Dynamite. Glad you came in, man. Glad we uh, we answered some questions people had after your last appearance. And well, now you're going to get me in taking you to task for your like. Now it's done with the hmm. right. We'll see. No, I know that'll happen because you I, asked me I if got, I was coming in I more, the, and I'm going to be coming in more. I got the final edit. I know you do, <laughs> but you just said you don't really edit anything <sighs> out of the show. True and. It's about time that somebody started asking you more questions. So I appreciate. I'm the not fact that you, interesting of a person. Yeah, but What'd you are with, with your lake? you are with your sports takes. <laughs> yes, it's true. And there's a lot to be discussed, like a lot to like. I hope, and when I go back and listen, because mm-hmm. now you've ruined this whole. Like, <laughs> AJ was in earlier and blah blah blah. Tell me, you asked him about second and two from the four. Then we have a lot to discuss the okay. next time. That well, we'll do that. Oh my god, I should run. This is you the know fifth what show I've hosted in here today? Yeah, but what I should do is run. Yeah, when coaches have people in their ear, yeah, there should be somebody that's just the common sense person, okay. <laughs> telling them this play hasn't worked in three years. No, but what the <laughs> hell are you doing? Here's the circumstance. Do not do this. Do this. 
I like how you've taken this back. I can be this like guy. an abstract thing about how coaches should do things, but really this is very much Matt. How the hell did you not ask AJ? <laughs> Second and four. No, but it's like this is what you go to the game. They scored twelve points all night. They should have won. I they, ex- were, they were in a they were in a good spot. They were second and two from the four, and they ran a dumbass play. A dumbass play. They brought in all their heavy personnel. They brought in their heavy running back. I wonder if he's going to get the ball. And in the CFL, where you can plunge forward for a goddamn yard every fucking time. You have two chances to get two yards so that you're first to goal for the two with 15 seconds to go. And you're going to go goddamn win the game. But no, no, no. Let's bring in the big personnel, hand it off to the big guy. Everyone knows they're going to do it. Go home, Paul. Every, you're too good for your home. Everyone, they're, they're going to do it. So then they stop them. So now they have to pass on third down, and they lose yeah. bleeping football game. I already bleeping. sworn, but I'm, yeah, I know. But the whole point is like. Throw the shackles off of your oppressor, man. Throw down an F-ball. What, <laughs> what in the blue hell are people thinking? You have two yards to get, and you have two downs to do it? Every time you bring in your backup quarterback or the third quarterback you could to get a yard, possibly no, but to get a that. yard, yeah, yeah. he's getting five every time. Oh, let's not do that. Let's do something else where you telegraph it even more. It's just beyond. We should have got to this sooner. I know. You were fired up. Oh, you got takes. No, but you know the reason I had takes as we go? Yeah. Weirdest thing ever. Mm. First ever. Red Blacks home game. I watched that home on TV. Really? Ever. You'd been to every one. Yeah. Or at least been somewhere else. Okay. No, I had done every... I only missed three Red Blacks games, I think, in my since they started in 2014. I was at the NHL draft for every one of them. Okay. So you saw this one Never. From, uh, from the television. And I watched all the road games on TV. Yeah. So that, that, that's not different. But watching a home game on television? Yeah. Never happened. Okay. But there I was yelling at my TV just like I yelled at you. <laughs> like it was my decision. That's why you're not there. No, Thanks. it isn't. That's that's exactly why. Thanks and for having me. AJ, I, I had more CFL forum, but I asked him a leadoff question about Canada at the Women's World Cup, and it lasted like 35 minutes. So I thought it would be like six minutes. Did you, though? That was half the show. Because well. I could have told you <laughs> as a guy, like... <laughs> Don't bring the soccer up till the end. It's Don't true. do it. Yeah, or at least leave yourself room oh. to make it two shows or something. Oh, That's, my God. Yeah. Rookie mistake. It's okay. We'll fix you. On that note, always looking to get fixed. We'll wind this one down. Thanks hey, for coming sometimes in, sometimes you need to be fixed, but I appreciate you having me. <laughs> we'll try and, uh, well, look... We're going to talk about some things. You're going to be around. You're going to be on the show more. You're going to be, uh, I'm going to be around. fixing me, directing yep. me, whatever that's. Uh, I, I don't like the term fixing I got, me. It's surgical. I'm playing 36 I'm, I'm holes. With I'm playing 36 holes on Friday. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. The Ottawa Rough Rider Alumni Golf Tournament. Leaving the tournament probably on 17 or 18 mm-hmm. to go with James Duke Ellingson at both places okay. to go play the Ottawa Sun Media Scramble. Nice. All right. With from my man. Greg, uh-huh. who has custom built me new golf clubs. Really? Yeah. I'm He's jacked. Live in the fucking high life. I am jacked up. <laughs> like, if you want to know what unemployed guys do, they play 36 <laughs> holes on a Friday. On brand new clubs. <laughs> Can't wait. 
we'll wind this one down here. Hope everybody enjoys SummerSlam weekend. And uh, look, we'll get Lee back in. We'll figure some things out. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. Don't send me any more of those messages. We've answered it here. Yes, Lee will be around more. We're on social. Tough shit if you don't want me around. <laughs> that goes to me. Yeah, I was talking to you. I wasn't talking to the listeners. <laughs> I was talking to you. We are on all of the many social media platforms at Tall Can Audio. Follow us there for more mediocre takes. And we will wind this one down here for Lever Sage. My name is Matt Robinson, and we'll see you next time. What was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?